You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Good evening, Joe. Good evening, Pat. How are you? Top, mate. We are facing an ascent into the week that is. Last time we chatted was a Sunday morning. We are now Monday evening. Um, as the sun has set well and truly here, I'm sure it's done the same for you. Yeah. Well, technically does it set? Um, no, it sets later for me than it does for you, but the sun comes up earlier for you. So I'm, I'm sure you would quite like the sun coming up a little bit earlier, even though you're up before the sparrow farts as the, um, Australians down under love to say, get up before the sparrow farts or get up before the birds fart. Um, but nice. So there's a tiny difference, but there's a small difference, but difference none the same. And that is really where we're at, ascending out once the the egg has been scrambled of uh, in the valley of depths. If anyone's been following this conversation, which I can see a few of you have, so kudos to you. <laughs> but um, we've been in the valley of despair for, for, you know, recapping for the ones who haven't. And Last week, I reckon we, like a couple of goats, got um, up some sheep with some serious <laughs> steep cliffs yeah. and strategized, hung on to rock or um, rock shrubbery and all sorts. And, and today we're asking the question of ourselves, what is government's role in a post-truth era to build back sort of the common, not the common good, but like common goals or cooperation, mm. like, you know, a bit of bend here and give their take there for a future and who's going to be brave enough maybe is the next for the next segment to actually paint that future. But really we're asking today, can a common goal be reached because we're sort of fragmented in the way the media landscape operates mm-hmm. um, uh, to sort of polarise and that's also, you know, a business model and, and everything else that goes along with it. But that's where we are today. So it's riveting stuff for a Monday. It's um, appropriate. It'll go live on a Wednesday morning uh a little bit earlier here than over at joe's well the sun will be up a little bit higher but it's nice to see you mate i wish you were here in the flesh but you look pretty good there with your sailing ship if anyone's been lucky enough to see joe's zoom calls um or webinars which you should get around yeah. um you're looking you're looking good for a monday mate thank you thank you very much so are you pat you're looking nice and refreshed in the background a new lick of paint and um yeah coming together yeah, the lick of paint looks looks good. I don't know about myself. <laughs> you're too yeah, kind. No. I appreciate. Yeah, well, thank it. you. No, no, I, was, see I, this, so I, I was talking. I was talking. I was talking about you, not that uh, monstrosity of a patch job in the background. So. Yeah, no, the paint job yeah. looks great. Um, yeah. Shout outs to Al if you're listening. Um, but do you know what I was thinking? Because I was actually blown away by this. Like, it's ridiculous. It's a huge challenge what we're trying to actually lay down here, but I was a bit daunted by it. I did spend a bit of time today. And then I was like, before this call, I'll be honest. I was like, well, I don't know how this is going to go. And do you know what I turn to? Oh, I often turn to this at these moments is um, football. And I was just uh-huh. sitting there and relaxing. And then I was like, hang on a minute. If football does this so well, like as I was, I was scratching around like a little chicken trying to figure out what little nuggets we can bring into this, and I think sort of landing on it, watching football and, and and you know just letting it sit for a bit, and that was there needs I think an update in the rules and the rules of of pushing something forward or an agenda or, or like say let's just be 
like set the field straight here for a democracy, like how to how to operate in that space and what are the rules of play. I don't think we've been straight with what those rules of play are. And I think the post-truth era needs those rules of play. Like if we're going to live in it, like let's just be straight. That's how we live. And I think if we set those terms a little bit clearer, because at the moment it's as clear as mud, mm-hmm. um, set that a little bit clearer. I think it gives us a chance for like serious tribalism to still exist, which is, seems to be pretty human trait, um, and lets the cesspit, you know, figure it out. And that's that's fine. It sort of lets that operate. Because if you take football, yes, there's fanaticism, yes, there's this, yes, there's that. But overall, when fair play is fair play, usually the opposing team goes fair play mm, and true. so it was just an interest like i was just like well maybe there's something to it maybe i'm i'm just trying to look for answers where i was relaxing but i was like there's there's something there's something to that and the piece that i think and i'd love to hear your opinion is like that re re proposing what the rule book is in a post truth area around political debate because it's pretty hard right now you just say whatever you should say to to win or control the narrative around the way you want to but if we just clearly state that's what's going on that's yeah. fine yeah no that's it's true like it does definitely does need an, an, an update and i guess to extend the metaphor the the rule book of government in most democracies is a constitution so you know and a lot of the constitutions tend to enshrine the the idea of free speech particularly in the states um you know it's obviously it's it's part of it's a constitutional amendment that is actually enshrined and it's a lot of the reason why government really can't act in in this space and actually kind of act against um i guess kind of things that are you know they're not liable like they're not liable so it's not me being disparaging of of you in public and costing you money it's not slander so i'm not calling you out necessarily per se that is that is provable it's just that i actually have the right to free speech and i think you know if that was adjusted to that you have the right to free speech that you're accountable for um that would go a long way to start to solve some of some of the issues that we actually actually face that you know i think a big part of the problem is as you're saying is that the referee actually can't act but yet you know that there's kind of there's someone inside the 18 yard box every single time that this player touches the ball they're just hacking them down for the sake of it you could and you're watching them do it so like i think you know if we kind of you know get a little bit in the valley of despair imagine being a legislator or imagine kind of seeing some of the stuff that actually kind of does actually transpire even in politics where you know definitely some people are in it for all the right reasons and you know to see this kind of stuff go on day day in and day out is is challenging but i think if it was more about free but accountable speech you'd start to see a change right because ultimately what social media is is that it's um i've been thinking about this as well is that we should probably take the word media out of it because they're not actually a media like they're 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 not accountable for actually what they what they allow to be said through their through their um, platform so you know much like if we were running a newspaper in the old days ultimately got to a point where you were accountable through editorial controls that you were actually you know you had to stand behind what you actually put into put into print whereas i feel like in the in the social era it's people aren't necessarily accountable for what they say but they feel entitled to have an opinion and then you know the second point you're making is um 
you know, around kind of the, the algorithms just reinforce that and send it back to you. So it's it's not only that you can say whatever you want, it's that you might actually find the, you know, the the crazy person down the road who you never would have run into before who actually thinks exactly the same way. And then the two of you get together and the next thing you know, you've, you know, you're four plus eight plus 16 exponentially until you have this kind of real schism and division that goes through society now on on most things and you know what i call both sidesism right everyone has to pick a side mm -hmm. and i think yeah i love where you where you take us there in terms of the constitution is the rule book at the moment but i just think the game's changed so much where it's sort of it's moved away from that and like there's a few points that i think the the analogy can be stretched and that's like for political debate to just like house that and be like hey this is a bit of a it's a football we've spoken about. We get a bit frustrated that the that it is constantly comparing it to a match. But if it's going to be a match, which it constantly plays out, where there's agendas here, there, and everywhere, then let's just call it a spade a spade, and that's what it is, and that's the way it's being played. So let's set fair rules in, so people can hopefully take it for what it is. I think that's the trap at the moment that we're not taking it for what it is. You can get lulled into this sense that a game isn't being played for an agenda. Um, and then the other piece is around social media with rules is like that transparency piece. So you can look at a, a candidate and actually see what ads they're running and what type of a jet, like what campaign and how it's hitting if you want to get under the hood. And I think you used to be able to see that when it wasn't social media, when it wasn't targeting, you could, it was so obvious and so apparent. Right now, it's just like, it feels like your neighbor's sending you an opinion piece, but it's actually a really well orchestrated piece from very sophisticated yep. minds, but also machines. And that's the dangerous thing. And as you pointed out last week, it's so much easier. Well, or two weeks ago, when we were talking about the um, constitutional change, it's so much easier to fight for a no than a yes. So actually getting change. And that's what's happening. And I feel like that's. We need to address that that's what's going on and then try and figure out ways to work with what it is. And I feel that would go some way to enabling that because you can point directly to the to the campaigns in real time, not post, that are often sending out conflicting messages to the same thing. And it starts to degrade the tactics that are being used and it starts to sort of level the playing field because I don't think the playing field's level at the moment. Yeah, it's it's true, isn't it? It's like the kind of um, you know, the the reason why um Hillary Clinton didn't get elected, right? It was not that she didn't necessarily win the popular vote. It's that actually there was enough confusion so that people didn't vote, right? So it's kind of those are those are the things that you're talking about, which is that you know a campaign now can send out two different conflicting messages. Not only that, they can also A B test, you know, yeah. probably twenty different treatments to actually create a profile of what, you know, will specifically target you and never mind necessarily me. It can be the same, you know, it can be the same message, but for me, it might be, I don't know, someone looking old and grumpy, um, like myself and you, it's all sunny and optimistic. And that's kind of, you know, where rainbows. rainbows yeah. But we the challenge that it keeps throwing up for us is that as you said right off the top there is that like it actually there needs to be certain aspects of our life that actually have 
probably stronger rules than others. And I think uh, ultimately, like our constitutional reform really needs to be around recognizing that all scenarios are not equal. Um, you know, so kind of like, yes, these rights are enshrined, but only in certain um, circumstances, right? So like, again, if it was the right free speech and you have to be held accountable and it was in certain things and political campaigns can't be run in certain ways, then, you know, you were accountable for the messages that your campaign sent out as the candidate, no matter which way they came from, then I think you would see immediate immediate behavior change. And, you know, it like I do get more optimistic when you know i start to see things like what you know this the u.s government is trying to do around ai and actually really put in place strong kind of guardrails from day one around how this stuff is actually going to be treated i'm not sure whether it'll work or not but it's a very different approach than the one we saw through the social era around that it was basically a it's a wild west but i still think you know coming back to the central role of government really is still to govern um but yet the tools that we're using it feels like you know we've got like a kid with like a little pen knife standing up in front of a tank right it's yes the kid with the pen fight is you know with the little pen knife is right absolutely 100 right but the tank is still going to blow them up it's and that's that's kind of where government i think has to really take its role back as kind of you know and understand that government has many levers to pull whether that's about legislation whether that's about taxation whether that's about kind of regulation there's lots of different things that government can do to actually help provide for a stronger sense of discourse and i do i do think it'll happen but we're definitely not there yet i mean it's you know even with the um, you know the circumstances that are going on in the middle east at the moment between israel and gaza it's there's two groups, unfortunately, that are also in their own echo chamber, and that's kind of playing out in street marches and everything else on on both sides. But yet the, the challenge becomes is that you can see the messaging. You can see the messaging that have been served on social media to get them there, right? That's the, that's the part where I get quite worried about, um, you know, to counteract my optimism that maybe, you know, the kind of like these people yes they're thinking for themselves but the message they've been given it's like consistent around the world right if it's about gaza it's about kids and about rights to be pro-palestinian that's the that's what the message is actually moving people towards and if it's about kind of israel it's about kind of anti-semitic kind of more kind of that we've been down this road before and i'm not saying those neither of those things they're both true they're both true like neither of it is is right it's just the point i'm making is that the message is globally consistent and you really have to wonder why those those things are actually kind of getting getting into those people the way that they actually are 100 percent, and it's it's really frustrating because it and sad as hell it's impacting lives right now but you i can't help but go down that rabbit hole that you just laid out around like the why behind this and why is it so asymmetrical and and you can you can really see who consumes what media in terms of what side of the fence they're sitting on that that um that conflict or that incursion like it's a horrible reality that's going on now so it's it's a hard space um hard space to be in i can't imagine what it's like being there right now but in terms of the messaging that's coming out and what we're trying to talk on now it's really it's really bizarre to feel that and see that play out and i can't help but feel like um yeah it's profiteering over over something that's that's bleeding very heavily right now and it's it's horrible to see Mm. um 
and I'm sure there's some other ins- more insidious things behind that, but I think largely that it's eyeballs on screen. It's watching something live happen. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And that's what I think is, that's where I keep coming back to is like, how do we, how do we make that space a little bit more transparent around how that messaging is going out so we can actually, like, cause it's all well and good to say, let's get media literacy, but like tests have been done. Like the most media literate people can get suckered into a scam or suckered into something just by their cognitive bias. So it's like, how do we, how do we, so using one of those levers for the government, cause this whole combo is around government. Like what, what can they do? It's like, well, hang on. We've got to get under the hood and actually allow people to see what's going on, not versus just take it face value. And I think that yeah, would go it's like, a long know, way. Content sources, who's paid for it, where is it from, you exactly. know, all of that sort of stuff that is kind of, you know, um, you know, that AI could make manifestly worse, but it can also actually help in terms of kind of actually basically um, authenticating, you know, kind of like it's almost like where blockchain meets crypto exactly. slash meets kind of AI. AI is being able to actually at scale be able to really kind of um i guess kind of certify where this message is actually from and then obviously you've got to be pretty sophisticated to be able to trick the key that sits at, that sits at the start of that message but i think the real thing is that it's so opaque right it's so opaque but unfortunately it it changes it changes the ability to have a conversation about it right because it's it's actually trying to sit in the middle of those two things like you know you feel you feel pain for every, like, I mean, if you look at Gaza Israel, like you feel pain for everyone involved in it, right? Just as, just as you did for Russia and Ukraine. But Russia, I think, was more interesting because there was clearly a bad person, whereas in this, there's actually, there's genuinely two sides, but they're still being split apart, right? Which I think is what we've often seen in um, in kind of elections. But this time, it's actually, you know, this is people's lives where you've got an entire part of a particular country being pushed you know pushed south um you know on grounds that you know a state you know is doing to to defend itself and not to have it happen again it is a terrible circumstance that everyone there finds themselves in however the the stuff behind it is the kind of the middle ground just disappears Right. Even if you try to have a conversation about it, you and you don't really have a view other than the one I just expressed, it becomes challenging because that's not the that's not the fact landscape that's out there. The fact landscape isn't one of empathy, it's about accusation. Yeah, and it's it's a hard I think it comes to like the human condition as well. It taps into it. It's a hard one to sit with sit with what's going on there as a viewer and not have a strong visceral reaction to it and want to pick a side and want to like have an answer. It that's yeah. I think being that whole space you want an answer and it it seems really hard and I think that's what plays into that uh, in terms of easy being divisive in that way of splitting splitting a populace to be pro and against and and then bringing in a lot of the other um, historical facts that that carry that conflict and what's happened and uh, yeah it's and then you look at the countries that are really standing up and and taking notice which is great this yeah it's it's a, as everyone knows it's very well covered it's a very horrible situation and it is a very hard place to have a conversation um but yeah if you it's yeah it's an even harder one to get to a solution there um but everyone seems to have an answer um yeah yeah i think but it, definitely but it, i would i would say stop stop 
gone so hard in there for sure but um easy to sit here and say those things um, but it looks it looks horrible and it is horrible what's happening yeah, i mean the optics are, are are not are not pretty I, I mean i think the the wider point and probably the one that keeps us staying on point is really around that what i think you know we've seen this in every part of our facet of our lives now so climate change like that's a that was a long-term problem right so that was that was something that was that was a long way away when we kind of actually started this experiment around kind of social oh, yeah. um yeah well, longer right i mean it's in terms of kind of where it actually sat but you know we're still arguing whether the evidence is real now that we've accepted the evidence is real it's all about fault finding and where we're actually going to go go from here so it's still that's a long-term problem that doesn't really directly affect anyone today, right? Yes, of course, if you have a, you're part of a climate disaster, of course it does. But those things, when this started, were fewer further, you know, between than what they are today. So, like that was divisive. If you look at kind of um, women's rights or kind of you know Black Lives Matter, or if you look at kind of you know what's going on across multiple different issues across Europe, across Asia, etc., it's that it's the it's the medium that actually kind of doesn't necessarily encourage the discourse the way that it used to. And it, you know, we used to have a system that was central that, you know, there's kind of however you thought about it, like the media, you know, the, um, the thing, whether you thought it was the fourth estate or the fifth estate, the kind of, you know, in terms of the blocks of power, the media played that role. Mm. Whereas now it's, it's not right. It's like literally, you know, community plus community opinion, is the media everyone's a publisher but yet with none of the accountability of a publisher and that's that's a big 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 part of this of this problem about bringing people back together and I, the worry now is that it's gone from being we disagree and we're kind of going to argue whereas now we're actually battling with each other and it often doesn't feel safe to have an opinion on things where you're like oh i better stay away from that right and it's, it's turning from like online stuff into more kind of real world things yeah, and that sort of plays into the also the socio-political where we are just at home and the pressures that everyone has. Everyone has a frustration right now. Everyone feels squeezed, and yeah, it's it feels like a common melt, melting pot that we've seen in history before in terms of this fragmentation and and what's going on and and strong feelings being being sent. Yeah, you can see it across Europe and Asia, and and there's obviously frustration and real honest frustration and no one really knows what that is and we obviously feel like we've got a place where we can share that but as we've been saying throughout it's pretty hard to have a conversation with someone who might have something different to offer it's uh we constantly get funneled into an echo chamber and then beat whoever is yeah. even offers something tiny and then yeah. you're hitting on a really important powerful point and that is people are pretty scared to now share what they have to say because they're worried that they're going to be viewed as X, Y, or Z when they really don't want to be box anything. They just want to figure it out. So for themselves, or maybe know a little bit more, or just yeah, just just hear or just ask a question. So it's it's a dangerous spot. You really hearing that maybe putting publisher on that space or getting rid of media is a novel thing that maybe governments can look at in that space, but there's still a pen staring down a tank. And then I think that pen 
could go a long way to actually rewriting what's going on when we talk about political discourse and maybe, I don't hate to say it, but gamified a bit because it feels like it's turned into a game and I just think we call a spade a spade and I feel yeah, that will go a long, like- a long way because it's it's definitely gamified the way our democracies work and it's, we may as well say it is. Um, and I think that will go a long way to the way that people view issues and maybe, maybe, just maybe change a little bit the way that we look at opposing views as as holding through to something, but hopefully it doesn't turn into something completely gnarly where it's crazy tribalism and you get civic wars, but they're already there. So I don't know. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's, you know, like you make a really, really good point because I think, you know, democracy was kind of really always held together by kind of like, you know, the point that it kind of could be a little bit more centralized and really the notion that you're going to be judged by a group of your peers. Right. So that's kind of like, really, when you think about it, it kind of broadly boils down to that, right. With a little bit of, um, you know, stealing land from people we probably shouldn't have thrown in, thrown in between. A little. Facetious. But like, Broadly, that's the that's the kind of that's the thing, right? That's that's actually the thing that kind of broadly holds it all together is that you're going to be judged by kind of a group of your peers. Whereas now, I think it's that's no longer really the case, right? So it's like as you said, like the the tools of democracy, not necessarily idea, are so far off where they need to be um, in terms of kind of you know um, being able to kind of actually not just push back, but actually really change the system in in favor of rather than kind of basically trying to trying to play catch up. I do think it's changing. I really do. I think it's, you know, it is starting to shift in terms of that sort of stuff because it's really about pulling all the levers of government, not just one, mm. to be able to actually kind of really create um, space. And, you know, but I think, you know, the the thing that is the government kind of really needs to wrestle with, I think, is to to be democratic, to have decorum, that has shifted so, so much in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whether it's about, you know, seeing people storm like the US Capitol or whether it's been here, you know, kind of watching some of the protests and stuff that have actually happened or kind of, you know, um, people getting shot in a chocolate shop, you know, to, like there's so many things that have happened over the last 10 years that we never thought we'd see, but yet we've seen them. And that's, that's a, I think, a part that, the the rules of common discourse have shifted so far yeah that's it they really have um but i feel like only some are aware of that and then some get sucked into how serious it is but i think if we strip it back and like this is what's sort of going on people pushing through agendas here and there you can like it or not like it but that's the way that we that we run things and then being able to put in a bit of transparency would go a long way too. And we don't have to talk about changing the constitution because everyone gets freaked out if you change it. I think we'd have to <laughs> label it as something else because nothing's going to get done if you're going to bloody no. get the con. We can call it the referee's playbook or whatever the hell we need to call it. No. But it's the other thing that I'll say when we were just talking then is um, that came to mind is like what is the role of government and the way that to lead or, or the way government is now is it feels like it's a platform it should be reframed as a a platform for difference to come together that's what i feel like is sometimes missing yeah. like and sorted out how do you do that i don't know it's a and where does leadership come into that i think that's where we have to go next week is like where does leadership come in? Because at the moment we don't have a clear vision. That's half the problem. And then how do we get um, consensus on that vision? That's a whole other kettle of fish. But I think if we even play a little uh, experiment, all right, we've got the rule book. That is the new rule book. Let's just play football. 
but it's politics and we're trying to create a vision who's gonna who's gonna be the man city or who let's not say man city but <laughs> let's not say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit scary but who's you know what i mean like how how do you how do you put forward a compelling vision like with fair play I don't know. Like it's a weird and annoying sporting analogy for people who hate sport, but it's like I don't know. Sitting back and trying to do the noodling on that one it was the only one that I could come up with. So it speaks yeah. to where we are. But it might give us some framework for um, next week around how do you lead and, and share that with that understanding versus just being pretty petrified to say anything that's gonna get a no because a no is really easy to win against. Like yeah. I don't know. That, I reckon that I want to go down that road with you, Joe. If you want to hold my hand, I reckon we'd uh, have I'm a done. Fun. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. All right. Yeah, I'm in. Just uh, just don't put me outside. Boom, boom. <laughs> hey, I haven't paid the rest yet, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cheers, Fab. Thank you for listening to BAU Business As Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.